0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Bear Books podcast and it's our Christmas special. My name's April Berry.
1: I'm Daisy Ray.
0: Hello and welcome. So we've got uh, quite a lot in store for you. Three brand new flash fiction stories and I believe they're all centred around Christmas. We've got Carolyn Ward-Daniels. Welcome, Carolyn. Well, thank you. And we've got Jane Love. Welcome, Jane. Hello, hi Jane. And Merry Christmas. Hi Jane. Yes, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Unfortunately, I didn't manage to get mine finished in time, so my lastminute.com didn't work this time. <laughs> Usually it does. It normally does, but it failed me this time. Yeah, but you had work today. I did, unfortunately, and I didn't finish work until uh, six o'clock. So it was a bit of a a bit of a rush. A bit of a rush. Never mind.
1: We will forgive you on this one
0: occasion just
1: because it's Christmas.
0: Thank you very much. I believe that um, we've got Jane's story first, Daisy, you're reading that. Then we've got Caroline and then you're going to read your own story.
1: I am, yes. You always like bring a lump to my throat, Jane. make me want to have a little bit of a cry. I do try. This is called Christmas in Our House by Jane Love. Christmas for a kid in a children's home in the 70s was not so special. Presents were a dressing gown and a hairbrush set, usually pink. Christmas dinner was nice, but having to do all the chores afterwards kind of took the specialness away. Some kids got an extra present if they had a family that cared. Only one extra though, in case those kids without family felt left out. I left the kids home at 16 and I barely noticed Christmases as they came and went for the next decade. I had a few nice Christmases with partners that had kids. But for me, I never saw the point. One partner went into debt every year to buy loads of presents for the kids. Why? Another started buying food in July. Don't touch out in the bottom cupboard, it's for Christmas. Why? It was one day. How much food can you eat in one day? I couldn't see the point. Then Josie came into my life. She'd been kicked out of her home by her parents when she told them she was pregnant and refused to give the child up. The father wasn't in the picture and I had a flat with two bedrooms. So she moved in and started to move on with her life. Seven months later, Joseph was born and I was proud to be his godmother. We fell into a nice routine. I went to work, Josie had her own money and we rubbed along fine together. Joseph called me auntie and I'd tell him stories, sometimes real ones about history and sometimes we made up stories about dragons. Josie taught him the alphabet and I taught him his colours. It was a good life. Then it all changed one March morning after dropping Joseph at nursery. Josie needed to pop to the shops, so he made her way to the bus stop and joined the queue there. A passing drunk driver lost control of his vehicle and killed three of the people outright. The driver and Josie were critical and rushed to the hospital, but they declared the driver dead on arrival. I got the call at work and raced to the Royal Infirmary. When I arrived, I was not allowed in the ICU as Josie's parents were there. I was told they were turning the life support machine off and not to be there at the funeral. A solicitor would be in touch regarding the boy. I did go to the funeral. I was standing at someone else's grave, but I could hear what they said. After everyone else left, I went over to Josie's grave, told her Joseph was going to be okay, although he missed her, as did I, and I would never let him forget her. I threw in a walkman so she had some music for the long dark nights ahead. I also threw in a single rose before I walked away. The solicitor called and asked if I could bring the boy into the office at 9.30 on Monday the 25th of April. I asked who was going to be caring for him, but he just replied, I cannot disclose that information. I went to the Citizens Advice Bureau to see if I could legally keep him in the home he was used to. But as the law did not recognise the relationship Josie and I had, That would probably be a no. On the morning of the 25th, I dressed Joseph in his Sunday best and drove the brief journey to the solicitor's office. I was dreading having to say goodbye to the little guy. I loved him and had promised Josie I'd look after him. I was surprised to find Josie had made a will when Joseph was born. She'd been left some money by her grandmother and had left half of it to me and the rest of it to Joseph in trust until he was 21. There was also a £250 allowance to be paid to me on Joseph's birthdays and Christmas. The biggest surprise in the will was that as his godmother, Joseph was to be bought up by me. Her parents were outraged. You can keep the boy but not the money they spat will see you in court. The solicitor interrupted them to inform them, that they could not hope to win as the boy's mother had explicitly instructed who was to take care of her child. If they were suing for the child then they could sue for the money but only the £500 a year the rest was clearly and legally mine. I smiled, not daft was she? The solicitor turned to me saying the child has been left in your care in her will so they would have to prove you unfit before they can take him and I'm happy to make a statement saying that they have no interest in the child, only the money. The months passed by and on the 21st of December I signed adoption papers. We were officially family now. I kept his original name and tagged my surname at the end, so he could always trace his ancestry. As we left the court, We walked towards the car park through the shopping arcade. It was ablaze with Christmas lights, everyone smiling and singing along to the Christmas tunes on the tannoy. Joseph turned to me and said, why do people do that? And I suddenly realised it never had a real full on all whistles and bells proper Christmas. I vowed to myself that I'd correct that. By the end of the next day, our front room was like a grotto from the tree to stockings for the mantelpiece, tinsel, streamers, Santa in his sleigh, and even a nativity scene and everything covered in twinkling Christmas lights. It was gorgeous. When Joseph walked into the front room and I saw his little face light up brighter than any of the lights he was looking at, I realised what Christmas was all about too. Christmas in our house has been a fantastic, magical time Ever since,
0: very good. That is good. I do like the backstory to the Christmas as well, leading up to Joseph's magical Christmas.
2: I like how it began as well when people have like far too much and and don't appreciate it, and and it's like the essence of what Christmas is about. And so that was a really nice, full, all the way around story with a proper ending. Lovely. Lovely, Jane. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, that was good.
2: I had to get rid of 200 words, though. Nice and concise, though. It's made it a proper nice, concise story that it works. It really works. I enjoyed it.
3: The first Christmas is obviously based on mine, up until meeting Josie, because obviously I never met her. But I never did get the point of Christmas ever. I like giving presents, don't get me wrong, but I don't do anything in my house at all, never have. Yeah, I like going to other people's houses that got it all up. I'm brought up to believe that Christmas is all about the birth of a child. Yeah, yeah what yeah. what's that got to do with the Christmas tree and Santa coming down?
2: It would you become know? something else, hasn't it? Yeah,
3: it's totally not what I was brought up to believe.
2: That's what it's become. Yeah. And people getting in debt. Like, you started off the story. You know, yeah. people yeah. do. But, uh, I mean, she did choose to spend half a year paying
3: back at Christmas. I mean, don't get me wrong, the kids love the presents. You know, And as a person who likes to give presents, I'm an impatient present giver. Once I've bought it, I want them to open it then and there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can attest to that being completely true. The amount of times Jane has sent gifts over for birthdays or Christmas and she's like, I've sent it. Has it arrived yet? Do you want to know what it is? Shall I tell you what it is? <laughs> <laughs> no. And I can't stand surprises. Surprises drive me daft.
3: And the other thing as well is you've got to be all really nice about something that you,
0: you don't bloody want. <laughs> Yeah, well, you see, I have the other thing as well. As, as well as asking people what they want, I tell them what to buy me. When you get the Dove gift sets and the Lynx gifts and you think, Jesus Christ, I don't even use this stuff. Well, I do use Links, but um, Dove, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great story there from Jane. And now we've got caroling with her Christmas offering.
2: OK, this is actually the kind of thing that James was talking about, which was it's all about presents now. That's what kind of gave me the, the, the thing to write this. Um, so anyway, I've called it The Best Present. The Christmas decorations have been taken down and returned to the loft. The lounge, hall and fridge look naked. It was strange walking back into the house. It felt like they'd been burgled. Gainer put her precious car keys on the whole table, smiling at the distinguished mark on the fob. Her daughter Ava hastened to shed her shoes and her coat to get up to her bedroom and games. Ava, stay down here and get your homework done. I haven't got any homework. All right, but get changed before gaming and I will see you when I get back from the school meeting. The doorbell trilled a rendition of Jingle Bells. Oh, must change that. This will be your grand to babysit. I'm not a baby, I'm eleven. Ava was scrambling upstairs. Ram will be here until either me or your father gets home. So behave. Hello, Mum. Thanks for coming. Sorry I couldn't pick you up on the school run. I only have the two seats now. Don't worry. I wouldn't be able to get in or out of it. As nice as it looks, it's so low to the ground. It is gorgeous, isn't it? The best Christmas present ever. I'll make you a cup before I go. You look perished. It is bitter. They forecast snow. Oh, no. What's the oh no for? You'll be away skiing in it soon. Well, no, we won't. Um, we're not going away this year. We've opted for lavish Christmas presents instead. The other thing is, if it snows, my lovely sports car will just look like everyone else's car. Well, it is lavish. What did David have? He's having the garage converted to a gym. Can't see me putting my fabulous car away out of sight. Oh, neighbour had her own TV and games console in a bedroom. She flicked the kettle on as she spoke and then admired her car through the window. She smiled at it with the affection afforded to newborn babies. Oh, poor Brenda. What, dear? I was just saying, poor Brenda. I saw her just then hurrying back from school. She has a boy in Ava's school and a girl at infant school, and they finish at different times. They only have the one car, and her husband uses it to get to work. Gaina placed a mug of tea and some leftover mince pies in front of her mother. I ought to get going to this school government meeting thing. I don't think you'll see much of Ava. We haven't seen much of her since Boxing Day. Well, that's a shame. I would have liked to have had a chat with my only grandchild. Gaina was more than pleased when her next door neighbour was getting out of the banger of a car as she pulled slowly off the drive. It was a most satisfying feeling. Her favourite driving pulse was the school run when lots of parents were an audience queuing along the pavement. God, they must be envious of me, she mused. It was a good attendance at the meeting. Brenda Tate arriving last and breathless. When the formal discussions were over, it was informal chat. People caught up with local gossip and swapped miracle diets. Coffee, tea, and cakes were provided. The latter, most people were trying to avoid after the Christmas binge. Gainer gain noticed Brenda taking a second piece of cake and said, "I wish I could do that, Brenda. What? Eat cake like that and stay as slim as you?" "Oh, I exercise it all away." "Oh, which, which gym do you go to?" Brenda smiled. "I don't need to pay to exercise." I walk and run miles a day delivering the kids to and from schools. Gainer realised the opportunity. You only have the one car, don't you? Only just we're thinking of selling that. But what about your husband getting to work? Well, that's part of the reason. Alan wants a bike so he can cycle everywhere and keep fit. Well, that's your problem solved, Brenda. Alan can use a bike and you can use the car. I don't have a problem. I wouldn't miss our walks to and from school for the world. You won't believe the things we talk about. Did you know that bees inhabit every country in the world except Antarctica? Gaynor shook her head and Brenda carried on. No, neither did I. And apparently, hundreds of years ago, Romans were decorating trees in the homes at Christmas time. Only this morning, Oliver declared his hatred of all vegetables. Tilly said to him, Well, you eat cherry tomatoes. He then informed her that tomatoes were, in fact, a fruit. Tilly went quiet and then she said, You wouldn't put them on a fruit salad. Well, I laughed all the way home. Gainer desperately wanted to get the conversation back to cars, specifically hers. Uh, You do drive, don't you, Brenda? I do, but I'm not bothered. And the money from the car sale and what we'll save on running costs will buy us a brilliant holiday where we can go and make memories together. We all want to go skiing. I absolutely love it. Gaynor saw snowflakes float past the window and said mournfully, Yeah, so do I. Oh, Lord, I must get off. I hate driving in snow. Would you like a lift? No, thanks, Gaynor. I love walking in falling snow. It is so beautiful. Be careful you don't skid and hit
1: anything. I'm quite pleased that she never got the chance to brag.
2: It's that goods thing, isn't it? It's like presents. It's like, oh, it's the showing off bit. It's like, that's what it's become. It's become that. And people have like too much.
1: They do have too much. Yeah, they do.
2: And kids don't, don't appreciate it anymore, do they? It's it, like when we were kids, you know, that, that present that you got at Christmas and you look forward to it and you really appreciate it because you didn't have hotels, did you? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. now it's the drip fed presents it's just drip fed all the time isn't it they just get stu- stuff every week and so they don't really appreciate it because they've got it all they've just got yeah. it
0: all. it's not special anymore is it what amazes me is is the actual cost now because i mean when i was a child i can't imagine you know the presents that i got equated to the value of of the presents that kids get these days oh i want yeah. a new iphone Look, it's 1200 pound What else do you want for Christmas, as well as that love? You know, so that's (laughs) like fifteen hundred pound on one child. Yeah,
1: reasons to have small families.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very good reasons.
1: I like that the next door neighbour is kind of teaching Gainer a lesson.
0: Yeah, that they've they've forgiven, they've forgone going on holiday where they would make memories to buy a car, and the neighbours going, no, there's nothing like going on holiday and making memories.
1: Yeah, and all those conversations she has with the kids on the way to and from school. Yeah. Priceless. It's a lovely reminder about what's important, Carolyn.
0: A really enjoyable story. And the final one of the uh, Christmas special podcast is from Daisy.
1: Thank you. This year I decided not to make Santa a bad man at all, not to kill anybody off. And to try my hand at something a little bit humorous, so do forgive me because I don't really do humor. (laughs) This is my Christmas story. It's called A Cautionary Tale. I love my nan. She's a feisty old bugger. The best sense of humor of anyone I've ever met. I'd love to be as funny as she is. She has a nurse that visits her daily to give her a bed bath and she insists he's a boyfriend. Why else would he have his hands down her pants? Anyway, I digress. Let me tell you about my girl. She's the love of my life, my soulmate, a fierce and empathetic advocate for women's rights. She works tirelessly to make the world a better place. And I wanted to make this our best Christmas ever. Sowing the seeds, if you like, for a New Year proposal. I wanted to show her that as well as having a beautiful soul, she is drop dead gorgeous and sexy as hell. So I bought her a set of the most delicious lingerie, very revealing, leaving almost nothing to the imagination I can tell you. In her favourite midnight blue too, forgetting we'd invited her dad over for Christmas Day. When she opened her gift, she blushed bright red from her boots upwards when she realised what it was. She'd have made a postbox look pale, and as bad luck would have it, her dad got a glimpse before she could hide it. The day took on a decidedly awkward vibe after that. I was frantically trying to think of something to lighten the mood. I tried, stupidly in hindsight, to get the day back on track by playing a bit of a prank on my girl. You know, so we could have a bit of a giggle and forget the blushes and embarrassment of earlier I'd planned this out for later and was looking forward to see her face when the penny dropped. But, you know, needs must, Also, I thought. I would bought her a pair of Jimmy Chews she'd been hankering after for ages, but they were so expensive. She just couldn't justify spending that kind of money on shoes. They were far too extravagant and she was far too practical. I, on the other hand, don't have a practical bone in my body. Live for today, that's my motto. I bought a really cheap and tacky toaster from Asda, took the toaster out of the box and hid her new shoes inside it, then wrapped the whole thing beautifully. My sellotaping skills are legendary. Her gift was all glitter and Christmas bows wrapped in the most elegant paper I could find. She knows me so well, she'll get that I wouldn't be so crass as to buy her a kitchen appliance. I couldn't wait to see the look on her face. Her eyes lit up when I handed over her present. Her dad was intrigued too. Well, it stopped glaring at me at least. It was going brilliantly. I could just tell they were expecting great things from this lavish looking gift. She took such great care to unpeel the tape and fold the paper, putting the bows to one side. And as the last layer came off, her face just fell. She looked so hurt and disappointed. There was a stony silence and an atmosphere you could cut with a knife. Her dad looked gutted for his baby girl. Can this day get any worse, I thought. I could feel a sense of impending doom. Panic was rising like bile. So I urged her to open the box, open it and see what was inside. But when she eventually looked up at me, she looked livid. She didn't move and she certainly didn't open the box. And that's how I ended up here. At my nan's, looking toward New Year, nearly single, thoroughly miserable, in a haze of crochet, piss and lavender.
2: Good. And it made me laugh. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And it served you right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not very nice, is it?
0: It was very good, that. Yeah, it was. I want to know what happened to the Jimmy Choo's.
1: Who knows? Because the girlfriend certainly didn't get them, did she? (laughs) That'll be, the new, that'll be the new year. <laughs> Maybe she'll talk around in the new year.
0: Yeah, possibly.
1: Did you open the box? Yeah, she'll be found in a daily when, please open the box, please open the box. Just open it, open it.
0: I think we've had some good stories for this episode. I think it's been it's been interesting. And what I will say is that I think that the take on Christmas that we've had has been quite enlightening enlightening how well knowing you I know that's a stupid kind of thing you would do anyway thanks and and Caroline, sort of it's not all about the lavish presence it's not all about the money there is more and a lot more en- rewarding and enriching things to life than having a flashy sports car in the drive that you can't get up a hill yeah lessons learnt there Lessons learned, yeah. I mean, I couldn't drive my car up up the road when it was snowing to where I lived because it was a flashy sports car and it just wouldn't, there were no traction. Yeah. And then James' sort of story about the magic of Christmas to a child yeah, and how the differences and the way that people perceive sort of Christmas and you take on Christmas, I think, does depend on on how your Christmases were as a child and you do tend to carry that you know, with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was the same, wasn't it? Uh, because it was that expectation of something nice and then thought it was a toaster. And so it's the same theme. It's the same theme. So expecting something fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even opening the box. So it was all three were
0: kind of got that same
2: ingredient running through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd say I'd be really happy if somebody bought me a toaster for Christmas. Mine's on its last legs.
3: <laughs> I'd be really happy if somebody...
1: Somebody bought me a sports car. Can I just get that in somewhere? <laughs> I like the way that Joseph, in his own way, taught Jane's main character about Christmas, which was really nice. But
3: that's what it is. Kids do, don't they? Young kids, I find.
1: Yeah, little ones. Older
3: kids, older kids are more about the presents. Yeah, you they know, And and stuff like that. But young kids are all about the magic. Can I go see Santa? And that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, isn't it lovely when Santa's still real for them? Yeah, yeah. it is.
3: What are you trying to say?
1: Nothing, Santa is real. <laughs> Sorry. Real, real, yeah,
3: real. Listen, I know Santa's real because I woke up one night and caught him sneaking in bed with me, ma'am.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I know it was Santa. I know it was Santa because my dad were on nights. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. Well, we've had three cracking stories in tonight's episode, the Christmas special. I hope you've enjoyed them. I have. It's been quite interesting to take to get people's takes on what they think about Christmas and how they perceive Christmas. And we're looking forward to season five, which starts next year at some point. She's shaking some her head. She just... <laughs> at some point, that's really at some good. point on the fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> We're really doing well here, aren't we? <laughs>
1: You're rubbish, I swear.
0: No, oh, I didn't write me script, did I? <laughs> We've
1: got the 15th of every month for season five will be flash fiction. And the thirtieth oh, by now. Yeah, and the thirtieth of every month, we will be reviewing, possibly interviewing indie authors and their brilliant books.
0: Oh, you do keep me in check. It's brilliant. Anyway, look, it's Christmas. Let's go and eat some turkey, eat some mince pies. I wish everybody all the best. Have a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, wherever you are and whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah, big thank you to Jane. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. And thank you very much to Carolyn. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah. Have a good one. And Merry Christmas from me. Have a fantastic Christmas, everybody. The best you can have. Okie
0: dokie. Bye-bye. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.
1: Or if you want to send in your stories, email us at submissions at beerbooks.co.uk.
0: Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas.